Hello lovely people, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Hurtwood Mules podcast. It's nearly 7.30am, I'm driving to work, you might be surprised to hear, you are still very much on the hands-free, so don't worry, this is all completely legit and above board. Liv Jenkins, if you're listening, practice safe driving at all times, they are not bumper cars, they're real people's lives, okay? Um, I'm, yeah, on my way to work, it's really early, it's quite dark, but then, you know, that's the winter for you. Um, It is, I think, Tuesday? Tuesday seems to be the normal day for doing this. I'm not quite sure why. Tuesday is chaos in the Turton household, because it's the morning where myself, my wife, my two small children have to all exit the house at five to seven in the morning. Uh, And it also, in some cruel, completely banal twist of fate, happens to be the day that our local council has designated as bin collection day. So, you know, many is the morning when I get halfway down the road, having dropped off one, two, or maybe even three members of my family in various locations in Worthing-on-Sea, only to realise that all of the other Joneses have got their wheelie bins out. So I have to go back, don't I? I have to go back and sort my own wheelie bins out. Anyway, you don't want to hear about this. This is other details of my rock and roll lifestyle. You're here to hear what's going on at Hertford House School. Today, we've got a completely random, disparate, discordant, dissonant combination of bits and pieces that have been recorded in and around the school over the last few months, including, in no particular order, oh wait, oh wait, I'm about, I've got to the front of the queue, I'm about to pull onto the roundabout, Whee! Okay, hold on. You're holding on tight, everybody. He's exiting the roundabout. This makes for great radio. The sound of a Honda People Carrier exiting a roundabout. Uh, No, so we've got some stuff from the Muse Day Tuesday publicity event that we did earlier in the term. We've got some more conversations in the cupboard. We've got some stories, we've got some poetry, we've got some things recorded from the uh, mince pies in the book nook event which happened, well, is happening today, or did happen today, if you're listening to this from the future. Um, So yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It's, It's been lovely, it's been a little bit of a gap. Things are getting a bit Christmassy, the musical's in full swing. Uh, more on that to follow in a future episode, I'm sure. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening, folks. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your nan, and yeah, please subscribe. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Jacqueline Wilson books. Jacqueline Wilson, which, so tell me about them. Um, well, they're all different, mm-hmm. but I used to really like one called Illustrated Mum. Illustrated Mum, why? 
I don't know. I thought it was like it was quite sad, yeah. but I liked it. Mm. And I think when you're younger, you think something really deep is quite cool. Oh, is it? Is it really deep? It yeah, it's, it's a really deep look. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the mum like has a mental breakdown in it and like paints herself white right. and refuses to like talk to anyone. Okay. Happy ending. I can't really remember. I was like eight. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Sorry. You, and you are Lara. Lara. Thank you, Lara. And you are eating Daphne. a donut. Yeah. I'm, Sorry. I'm Daphne. Daphne. Hey, Daphne. What about? What do you remember reading as your as a kid? Mine are generally Turkish because I'm from Turkey. Okay. Even more interesting. Yeah. They're like Turkish books, like mm-hmm. classic books. Okay. Yeah. So this is reading, being read to, or are you reading? Oh no, someone's reading. Someone's reading them to you. Okay, okay. Come on, tell me one of the stories. Tell me your defining Um, story. No, like there was this book called, um, what's in English? Miracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like there's this guy in this village and he like he can't learn how to read and write but this teacher comes from like a big city and teaches them mm-hmm. and it's really like touch like it's really like um how do you say touching yeah exactly Moving. touching yeah Moving. exactly okay. it's really nice okay yeah. well i'm quite impressed that that's the one you remembered yeah oh, okay so re- reading matters what are you about you my darling can you introduce yourself i'm phoebe yeah and Mog the cat. Oh, yes. Now we're talking. Come yeah, on. and the robber comes in the house. Yes. And Mog the cat, like, defeats the robber. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was it. And we have, like, quite a nice family. Okay. And also, like, Percy the park keeper. Percy the park keeper. Yeah. Okay. Um, b- before the storm. And I remember there was this really big picture of this tree house in it. And it was really cool. Okay, I'm just keep this you. guy going. I think that's it, yeah. All you need to do is to just gently close the door and talk. And, talk and it's all way. yours. Thank okay. you very much. Right. No worries. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. All right, Ben. Why don't you take a seat? You're the guest. Thank you very much. All right, perfect. Hello, this is Calky Garcia, and we are here with Hurtwood Muse. And today's topic is what is your favorite memory back in the childhood? What was my favourite memory back in the childhood? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely got to be the the enjoyment of playing with your friends at lunchtime, playing you know, and in school, you know, when you're the children, you have your your imagination runs wild as you play. Like I used to like mm. playing Star Wars and things and enjoying uh, enjoying letting your imagination flow as a child. Amazing. Okay, so school and uh, childhood playing. Yes, yes, certainly. Can you can you name me a couple of friends that you've been playing? Oh, my 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 best friend in primary school has to be Joshua Finkel. I got on really well with him. We had the same we had the same sort of um, uh, interests in each other, and uh, we both enjoyed like uh, reading books and things like that. So enjoyed uh, convening ideas, even such a young age, and um, sharing ideas with each other about uh, books that we enjoyed uh, reading. Well, you heard it from Mr. Ben Lewis, uh, Joshua, if you're out there listening, he's your best mate. Um, what about me? Okay, well... Yes, yes, yeah, you tell me yours. Okay, let tell me, me tell you. My favorite childhood memory, I guess, my... Ch- I, I'm still living my... I guess... No, I'm not really. I'm living my teenage years now. Yeah. But my favorite childhood memories, I gotta say, is when I lived back in the Asian Hemisphere. Um, oh wow! Yes. Well, yeah, because most of, I'm gonna say most of my childhood was growing up in Asia. Uh, I lived in the Philippines, Hong Kong, and Thailand. So, you know, three countries already, three Asian countries. Certainly. Um, I gotta say, it's the culture, 
Uh, yes, the culture is very different to the, the Western world. Yeah, yeah because, you know, uh, after school we would go fishing. We would go to the nearest lake because there's lots of lakes in uh, in the Philippines and Thailand. And yeah, you know, definitely it's just you know everybody has different childhoods. Yeah, you know, yeah. My my childhood was biking, biking back to the house. Um, uh, you know, preparing the food, um, helping my grandmother cook the food. You know, traditional uh, spices, and that's it. Yeah, you know, just, I, I love food. Yeah, yeah, me yeah, too, me too. But that's the thing. Uh, it just gives me that nostalgic feeling of just going back. I mean, as we're as we're sat here watching the chefs cooking definitely, dinner. Definitely. Oh yes, it's certainly it's certainly yes. an experience. Definitely to be here. super experience. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, where would you uh, see yourself in, uh, let's say, ten years? Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Where would I want to see myself, or where would I think I would be in ten years? Where Where would you want to see yourself? Where would I want to dream see big, myself? Dream big, dream big. I would want to see myself dominating the world in ten years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm getting a jab right there. Now, in ten years, I would love to see myself. Um, to be honest, I, I. I Success is is different for everybody. Success is relative to the person. Relative certainly. to the person, you know, it 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 it, um, it gets more concentrated to yourself, and you it's personal to everybody. For me, success is waking up in the morning, and realizing that you're working and you're happy. You know, yeah, yeah. you're happy with your either with your job, with your family, with yeah. your loved one, doesn't matter, but in the end of the day, if you're happy, that you, your work makes you happy, your mm. job makes you happy, and you, you go to your work, you go to your office, wherever you go, you go to your format, your collaborative medium, whatever you call it, and you're happy, you have a smiley face in, and you have a smiley face out. So and certainly you would say, you would say, as long in ten years time, as long as you're happy, that that's your as success. As long as I, you know, because because ten years time, you, you can't depict what's gonna happen. But certainly. I would love to see, you know, because there's so many. I'm I'm still young and I'm still going through things. I'm still going through little cr roads, and I have to make my own roads as well. And I get to choose what I, what I break layer, you know, what I what my destination would be. Certainly. And um, definitely passionate. You have to be passionate of what you're doing because passionate is drive. Yeah. And if you don't have drive, you won't have anything. You won't go nowhere. Yes. And certainly. if you're passionate of one thing, go for it. Don't 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 go for something because you want to impress others. Go for what impresses you and what yes. makes you happy. Uh, and what would you say your passion is? Well, my passion, to be honest, is I've I've got into acting for ten years now, and Fantastic. related to you, yes, you yes, love acting yes, as well. Myself and we, yes. we talk about acting all the time, and I think acting is is a medium, a collaborative medium, where I get to explore uh, myself as a person and an actor, because it's it's a format, it's a it's a place where you could experiment, and experimenting I had a fond with back in my childhood. I love I love discovering new things, and having a piece given to me is is the best thing. And just being up in stage, you know, having the light shine at you, and just just being up there, and sh you know, just showing all the the things that you could do. With, yeah, uh, like uh, like a ball of clay, just like forming into things that you yeah, yeah. you would never expect to become. You know, yeah, yeah. It's a place where you can release your your own imagination, Definitely. and be free, free from the the, the the restraints of the modern world. You're able to uh, create your own ideas exactly. and concepts beyond exactly. the, the the world that we live in. Um, so now you, what would you? What do you want to see yourself in ten years? Well, very similar to you, I'd very say. Similar. I'd very much like yeah. to be, a, a, like to see myself as an actor, enjoying uh, being on the stage. There's nothing better than a, than a than capturing a, a, a the moment, you know. And a, and a standing ovation from an audience. There's nothing better. I mean, I've had experiences in the past uh, uh, doing shows in London, uh, such as I've done, 
and that that it, it never gets old that feeling of coming out uh, to uh, an audience that is standing and clapping just for you. Just for and you. that that feeling is, in my opinion, success. Lovely. That's really amazing. So we're gonna make a turn now uh, because we answered both the questions. Let's get into acting. Let's talk about acting. Yes, certainly. We're, we're definitely in that topic. That topic um, now. Okay, so acting for you. What what is what made you got into acting? What, what did you get? You know, what made you, you know, get that drive, get that interest into acting? Well, I believe from a very very young age, I, I I'd always been interested in uh, exploring. Um, my my own uh, myself through the medium of dance and through the medium Definitely. of acting and yeah. uh, and from there it progressed and progressed as um, as I could explore further and further uh, different ideas and concepts through acting and then through that I was able to gain a real passion for it and therefore extend my knowledge uh, further and uh, that, that's why I really enjoy acting because as I said it gives you that opportunity to release your imagination. That's very descriptive, you know. That's really cool. Thank you very much. Uh, what made you get into acting yourself? What made me go into acting? Well, um... Before I knew acting was a thing, before I knew acting was even a job, yeah. I'd remember, I, I, I knew myself as an entertainer for some reason, you know? It's yeah. just that drive seeing people in the you know? Yeah. It's, that, it's just that interest and that, that captivating reaction you get from the audience. Like when I was younger, I used to make up, you know, little plays, little dances for every family dinner with my relatives. Oh and, yeah, and, me, and, me yeah, too, just, yes, just, myself. It's yeah. just a similar thing that we grew up with and it's just, oh my gosh. And but when my pet mom, or when people suggested, you should take this acting class. And when I was seven years old, uh, no, I think I was probably around, yeah, seven, probably the youngest, when I started acting, you know, classes back in back in Thailand. And it was the forming of being a presenter, being a performer, being able to, being able to reach that confidence, you know? Yeah, certainly. And it's always, it always starts with confidence. It always starts with confidence. And then after confidence, you know, that, that's when the training comes in and that's when, you know, the serious stuff comes in, which I will go in later. Um, I moved to America and that's when... The land of the American dream. The land of the American it's dream, yes, 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 which, yes like which I would say isn't, isn't always the case because that's why I'm here in England right now. Of course, of course. The American dream, you know, that, that used to be a saying, but everybody's dream can be located everywhere. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. I went to US and I started, you know, taking even further classes with even more depth and creativity, and um, I was just fascinated. I I, I realized that this was a, a occupation that I could really grasp, and this is what I could become in, in ten years. And I, I was just over the moon when I realized that that this is this is the choice. And the best thing ever is having a family that supports you and yes. what you want to do. And that's just it's it's great. Yes, I agree I with you completely. Now, uh, question number two. Okay, relating to acting, do you think acting is a competition? Oh, it certainly is. Yes, it certainly is. Uh, do you you compete against hundreds of thousands of other actors in the same position position as you mm. for one particular job? It's it's a it's a great competition, and. It, sometimes you come out on top and sometimes you don't but never give up that's that's my advice to anyone uh, interested in acting never never give up never say oh I didn't get this job because I'm not good enough it's always a competition sometimes you win and sometimes you don't and therefore you, if you keep persevering then uh, practice makes perfect you keep practicing and persevering on you will get there eventually now 
I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I think, I think acting is more of a collaborated medium, more of a competition because if you, if you, it's not a singular sport because it it is a a place where the director knows what he's casting. Uh, you might have going for the same uh, role as some other person, but. It's acting is no win or lose. It's it's a it's a continuous a continuous journey where you discover yourself for an audition. It's not a competition in a way where you have to beat another person. It's because I think as individuals we're all different, and the director is specifically looking for something, and that's why. Thus, I believe acting is not competition. Even though uh, some people might think it's like a drive and a competition, I think you should you know take it seriously, but you shouldn't take yourself seriously. Um, and we'll, we could go that further in, in, in the new chapter for the podcast. Yes, certainly, well, certainly. Yes. We'll discuss this another time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for no listening. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you very much. That was a thank you. We were playing a little game, weren't we, Alice? We were indeed. And um, uh, with a very significant topic, the topic yeah, of which is, is Sam, Sam Turton. Sam Turton. Um, we're occupying ourselves on this lengthy journey. Um, yeah, indeed. And uh, this I is don't just. I really know how long it's going to take, but yeah, I think it's going to take quite a while. It's going to so. take quite a while, but we've got plenty of stories yeah, ready for you. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Chapter three. <laughs> chapter three. We're on chapter, we're on chapter three. three, three already. Already. Or should we recap? Should we recap? Okay. Uh, how did it go? Chapter uh, one. Chapter one. Once there was a man. Little. Little. Bad. Man. <laughs> little Sam. <laughs> little bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once there was a little, a little Sam Turton in it. Was it? Yeah, whatever. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> Once there was a little Sam Turton. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Was reading a little book. <laughs> he stopped. stopped reading his little book to listen to us playing a game. Hey. Chapter, Chapter two. two. <laughs> One. Sam. Wait, what? Once, Sam, Once Sam was walking along and. <laughs> no, we skipped the Paris bit. Oh yeah. Um, once Sam was walking along. No, it was he went to he went he went to Paris. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, he was very excited. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's just make up. Okay. One. Sam. No one. One Sam. One day. Oh, there it is. There it is. One day. Sam. Turton was walking along in. Paris. Wait. <laughs> Sam. Uh, was. So. Distracted. <laughs> he kicked a cat. He <laughs> kicked a cat. Okay. <laughs> Basically, he kicked yeah, a cat. Yeah, he kicked a cat. Chapter, <laughs> three. Chapter three. We haven't got to this. <laughs> got to this is all. This is all fresh meat stuff. Here. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? You start. You drink really badly. Smells like cucumber. Yeah, it is cucumber. Okay. Do you not like cucumber? I do like cucumber, just preferably not in a drink. It tastes really weird. But yeah, it's I bet it does. Right. Um, you start. Okay. Chapter three. Chapter three. Once there was a little. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I think we need to take Sam on a different adventure. Yeah. Okay, Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam. 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 Was. Um, <laughs> sitting. On. A. Train. And. He. Was. Thinking <laughs> something else. <laughs> any verb, pick a verb. Apart from reading, <laughs> anything. Um, watching the news. <laughs> it's like dud, dud, and it's like dud, dud, <laughs> Hello and welcome back to BBC. Should we, should we, should we have a uh, philosophical conversation? Yeah, let's do it. What about? Um, Existentialism and nihilism in the road and waiting for God. No, let's not do it in the road and waiting for God, let's just do it in life. Okay. So, Oliver and I were discussing that a way to avoid saying you're depressed is just saying you're an existentialist. (laughs) (laughs) So, whenever we're sad, we're just like, oh, I'm just feeling a bit, feeling the existentialism right now. So, yeah. A bit existentialist today. (laughs) Yeah. But don't (coughs) do that if you're depressed, go get help. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Um, (laughs) Deep s. Um, (laughs) God swear. (laughs) Podcast derailed. <laughs> um, okay, go on then. Um, How are your feelings about existentialism, William? I, well, for my English coursework, right? As you know, I'm looking yeah. at the scopes, just the, the, the lens, the, the lens, the lens, the lens. Sorry, the um, lens. I'm looking at different psychologists. Yeah, you are indeed. And what I keep seem to be coming back to is the fact that okay. certain individuals can find meaning through suffering. Yeah. Which is fascinating. There was yeah. a psychologist called Boris Krolinyek. Right. And he said, um, I think it was Krolinyek, yeah, it was him who said that people find resilience and meaning through suffering. Okay. It's just how people detect it. It's just how people decide to um, cope with it. Some people let it defeat them. And some people accept it and use it to empower them often or from time to time leading them to um, leading them to uh, laugh in the end. Right. So existentialism, yeah. Okay, um, interesting. I think you need a bit of existentialism. Yeah, I think you do. And I think that um, I recently wrote a monologue in a play. About um, how like people who well yeah about uh, Marmite, but sorry uh, we're we gonna have, have a quick interlude. French is fine. Kathy, that's it. I think there was a goat um, on the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got from that. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, 300 kilometres per hour, I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. Um, Pate. Um. <laughs> Good. Go Pate. That's really great. Sorry about that. There's just a load of go Pate all over the front of the train. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to existentialism. Um, or not. Uh, or not. To the yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, yeah. So, oh yeah, I was writing monologue for a play, and it was about how like so so deep, how like depressed people are the only people who rationally understand the world, which is actually true. There's it's scientifically proven that if you're depressed, then you have more rational view of the world. I which think is there's. Really I think I think there might be a separate definition for depression in terms of existentialism. We, uh, yeah, hundred percent. But it's true that. Uh, 
depressed depression have. falls under the scope or the lens. Yeah, because oh. you'll see, like... Existentialism. It is to do with mental health, it's like, it's some, like, environmental factors kind of provoke that. Should we tell some jokes? Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, no, I can't tell those jokes. Okay. <laughs> Let's think about some jokes. What do you call a monkey? Should I search them up? What do you call a monkey in a minefield? <laughs> Wait, hold on. What do you call a monkey in a minefield? A baboon. Oh, that's so funny. Um, right, jokes. Um, nice house. Big issue. Big issue. You told me that. That was good. Um, Right, thousands of most funny jokes, puns and riddles. This is, we're just gonna go to Short Funny and these are the websites. If you guys want to, you know, look up because that's like what you wanna do right now. Okay, hang on. <coughs> As we're sort of on the train, oh, Zoe's asleep. Okay, it's not working. Do I know any jokes? I just know rude jokes. And that's just not very appropriate for, you know. Why couldn't the angel get a loan? His parents wouldn't co-sign. <laughs> I don't get that. It's probably an angle. This is well, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who's dyslexic, right? Okay, who's your favourite favorite comedian? Uh, oh, I love comedians. <coughs> I have several. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I watch like loads of random comedians. My favourite by far is Ramesh Ranganathan. I haven't seen him. <coughs> Ramesh Ranganathan is hilarious. I haven't seen him. He's hilarious. But I like people who. Um, oh, there was one that I really liked for a while. I can't remember her name. But it's just like when you when you get something. I really like Russell Howard. I think he's what he does is really clever. But I just watch kind of the generic ones as well, like the British ones. I but like he's not really what he is. I just love Graham Norton. Yeah, Graham Norton's funny. Yeah, and he's such an icon. Any Americans? I don't know. There's something about British humour. Yeah, there is. However, saying having said that, there is a comedian called Gabriel Iglesias, who is um, he's just big, big, like he's huge. He's a big guy. And he um he he's come up he came up with this tour and it was called the um I'm not fat I'm fluffy tour and it's it's hilarious he's um quite a physical comedian yeah and um quite a vocal like he changes his voice a lot I, t- I tend to listen to like random ass musicals uh, yeah but it, to be fair it's actually really interesting um, um just like different musicals and also uh different comedians different podcasts and then Samuel's voice sometimes because of Muse podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Muse, the number one place for all your Muse-tastic. Oh god, how awful Hello, is that? Hello lovely folks. Hello lovely folks. That's one of Sam's slogans. I think you should get that copyrighted. Yeah, can you copyright that please? That would be really iconic. Yeah, I'm really glad. Um, Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. There she is. Mary yeah. Shelley. There she is. Beautiful. Just I mean, they can't see because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Just picture it in your eyes. Picture, there you a, go. Picture a picture Mary of Shelley. a fair-looking 15-year-old girl <laughs> who may, it's a bit or, may, may or may not have had a husband at the time, had um, already had a kid, at, like the age of 14 or something. 
Um, but that yeah. was Mary Shelley, right? She had a kid at 14. Yeah, they right? all did. It's just a bit long to see that. Am I wrong in saying that she had a baby at 14 years old? Uh, maybe more like 18. 18, uh, okay. only four years old. Yeah, still makes a bit of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Mum's uh, legal. Yeah, exactly. Um, Zoe's asleep. Zoe's asleep, solid. Do you want to hear some of her breathing? That's a bit weird, isn't it? Do it, do it, do it. Hey, that's a mum, Zoe, what's asleep? <laughs> solid. <laughs> Oh. Thanks for that, Zoe. Thanks, Zoe. <laughs> She's definitely asleep. <laughs> We're so mean. Right, uh, um, um, also, Zoe's reading a book, and the author is called Dick, Dick Swab, Swab, but then the Swab is with two A's. First <laughs> Dick Swab. Isn't that the weirdest thing? <laughs> we can type it as well. It's such a we serious We are book. our brains from the womb to Alzheimer's by Dick Swap. <laughs> I mean... Should we see what sort of a bloke he's like? Should we have a look at the... about the author? Dick Swab is a renowned neuroscience researcher who has received international acclaim for his work on sex differences in the brain. <laughs> He's like the next Freud. Alzheimer's disease and depression. He served as director of the Netherlands Institute for Brain Research for 27 years and received the Academy Medal for his significant role in international neuroscience. Lovely. There you have it, folks. Oh. <laughs> Only a Hurtwood. Is that a shark? Oh, no, it's, oh, it's, uh, it's that dude, isn't it? Stitch. Stitch. Yeah. My nephew um. looks like Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what, ha- what happened? <laughs> I'm not going to um. ask. Oh, I have new feedback. Um, yeah, so let's move on to a new topic. I feel like we're going a bit off track. Off track? Um, Don't say that when we're on a train. We're hey. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Eventually. We are under the sea right we now. We just live in a nihilistic world. Oh, back to that. Um, yeah. Um, Sahara's getting so fed up with us. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's already it's already 18 minutes long. What's the time? Should we talk about? Let's talk about what's your feet? What's your feet? Sam, what have you done? No. <laughs> 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 Obviously, he doesn't really need to turn it off. Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? What, let's do movies. What's your oh, oh movie? good fellas. Okay, solid. Uh, I haven't watched I it because I always wanted to be a gangster. Should we talk about our device piece? Should we do a cheeky self promo. Let's do that. Okay, so uh, we did uh, knee high for our device piece. Marco the knife. It was um, interesting. Four of us are an active company, <laughs> and um, so it felt uncomfortable. Yeah, we just don't. We just don't. We don't really, really like do all of that. Anything um, but fluffy, Stanislavki. duffy, comedy stuff. Stanislavski, Stanislavski. We love a bit of naturalism. Yeah. Definitely. We like super acting, represent, we but we don't tell anyone um, about that because that's the Ezra. biggest kept secret in Hollywood. Ezra is basically God. Yeah, really. Ezra just is God. Like I think if. If Sam's Jesus. Sam is Jesus. If, if Ezra, if God was walking on this planet, I think it would be encapsulated in Ezra. Yeah. Shortly followed by, by Sam. Sam. And then I think in all like, of his infinite beauty and wisdom. Yeah. Is yeah. Jesus. Look at him. <laughs> Just I can't. And um. Okay. Oh, we play another game. Okay. I spy with my little eyes. Oh, I'm no. with B. Sorry. Um. B. 
The room was full of smelly smoke that made Bobby's lungs feel like they were becoming dirtier by the second. It wasn't quite what she had imagined. It was smaller, not really comfortable. There were almost no seats, not really like in all the movies she'd seen. It lacked the romantic vibe, and also the music in the background wasn't even jazz. Which made it a lot worse, because even if she was a rock and roll fan, she would have preferred jazz music over the amateur heavy metal songs that all the wannabe punks seemed to enjoy and bang their bald hats to. The few tables were almost hidden in the corners of the big room, and there wasn't anyone nearly her age, which was why after five minutes of being in this hellhole, she notched her dad with her elbow and gave him her typical, are you serious, look. Come on, sweetheart, we're, we're here for the band, aren't we? He gave her a confident smile and walked past the crowd of people to find a comfortable spot to stand and watch the stage. Bobby followed him quietly and endured the disgusting smell of cigarettes and man's sweat. Great, she thought. She could have spent her evening watching old movies like Casablanca or that one movie with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Hell, she always forgot the name of this movie. But she was in a pub. A disgusting pub. They could easily be counted as a support group for alcoholics. Just when she was about to ask her dad if there was really no way that they could just drive back home, a loud strumming of a guitar made her look up. Within three seconds, the room was completely quiet and everyone's eyes were directed to the stage and the four young men standing on it. The one in the front had mid-long dark hair, almost black. Bobby couldn't quite make out his eye colour due to the haziness. He didn't look at the audience. He stared at his black electric guitar and grinned weirdly every time his fingers touched the strings. Bobby had mainly focused on him. He was fascinating. The way he moved on stage, as if the room belonged to him. The way his hair danced to the beat. She had hardly noticed the other three. When he started singing, it was like something in her moved. So I fly, I fly, and all the birds fall down from the sky, the sky. I'm closer to heaven now closer than you'll ever be. I know that I made you this way. I know that hell is waiting for me. But you'll burn first. You'll burn first. Set fire on it. His voice had a deep, raspy and somewhat dirty sound, but it was angelic to Bobby's ears. Bobby felt like she was floating. The way the band played together was beyond good. That was clear. They sounded like one. They sounded like music. Like every beautiful song she had ever listened to all in one. Their dynamic and stage presence was so powerful that Bobby got jealous. It was in that moment when she realised that this was what she wanted. This was what she had been missing. This was what she needed. Feeling the vibration of the bass and the kick drum, she turned around to look at people's reactions, and suddenly everything was ten times louder and ten times faster and ten times brighter, as if time had stopped. Her dad was watching with a smile on his face, nodding his head along to the beat, while a few others had started to form a crowd in front of the stage. The first song finished faster than expected and everyone started clapping. The band bowed and the lead singer stepped forward to the microphone once again. Thank you, he said and ran his fingers through his dark locks. We're 17 dust and this first song was called Set Fire on it. Bobby couldn't help but let out a loud cheerful scream, which drew the lead singer's attention towards her. He smiled at her and mouthed a thank you. 
Bobby couldn't help but blush and feel flustered. He had such beautiful eyes, she thought. This next song was written by our amazing bassist, Jonathan Mullins, and it's called Lose Yourself. Everyone started clapping. Bobby's dad turned towards Bobby and smiled. They're good, right? He screamed over the music. Bobby didn't even look at him. She was mesmerized by the dark-haired musician and the beautiful song. Amazing, she whispered to herself. The rest of the night went by in a blur of loud screaming, hands clapping, jumping up and down and humming along to beautiful melodies. Bobby would have loved to hear more of the band, even though they had played for more than two hours. Do you want a drink, sweetie? Her dad asked her as he was already walking towards the bar. Bobby just shook her head. Her eyes scanned the room. She was hoping to see the lead singer and ask him a few questions. Like, how did you get so frickity damn amazing? Or, why does your hair look so soft? Or if she was really courageous, she would ask him politely if she could touch it. They're backstage, her dad answered her unspoken question and pointed at the door next to the stage. If you knock and ask, maybe they'll give you an autograph. Just say you're related to Daniel. Bobby nodded and smiled thankfully. Daniel, or Grandpa, owned this bar. This meant free drinks and peanuts on Saturdays and karaoke when the bar was closed for customers. Bobby made her way up to the backstage area hesitantly and knocked on the door two times. She took a deep breath and put on her best friendly smile before she opened it. She looked into the beautiful face she had admired from the stage and her blood painted her cheeks crimson. Sorry, I didn't want to disturb. I was just wondering if I could maybe... You're in the audience, the bassist pointed out and smiled. Bobby looked at him, surprised that he recognised her. Yeah, she scratched the back of her neck nervously. You were the cheerful one, right? The lead singer laughed. She nodded. What can we do for you? He asked. Could... Could I maybe ask a few questions? Sure, come in, the drummer said in a sweet voice, and they all stepped aside so that she could sit down onto the couch next to where the instruments were. She did not expect them to be so friendly. So, what do you want to know? The drummer asked her, while lighting a cigarette. The songs, they were so... Where do you get the inspiration from? Bobby started. She was really curious about that. She had been writing songs her whole life, but she always felt like the something was missing. The something was what turned simple songs into hits that inspired people. She just didn't know how to find the something yet. Well, I guess most inspiration comes from the experiences you make in life, and the ones you wish you would have made. Like what? Bobby asked. Like, a bad relationship, or the death of a friend, you know? Maybe even something you see on television, or read in a book. The black-haired singer explained. Bobby nodded, looking at him reverently. Do you play any instruments? The pianist asked. Guitar. And I sing. Nice. Do you also write your own stuff? Bobby nodded. But I... I don't know what to do with it. It's just... Why don't you start a band? The lead singer suggested. Bobby hesitated for a second. I've never really thought about that. Also, I just don't think I would find enough people. It was true. She had never seen herself doing music with other people, mainly because she was afraid others wouldn't like her ideas and she would she would end up having to sing something she didn't truly like. But after seeing Seventeen Dust perform, the idea seemed rather perfect. The pianist laughed. Oh, believe me, musicians are everywhere. You probably just haven't really paid attention. The others nodded in agreement. Yeah, maybe, Bobby answered, offering a thankful smile. Well... Bobby stood up from the sofa. 
Sorry for bothering you guys. I really enjoyed the show. It was very inspiring. Any time, the drummer said and smiled at her. Will you play here again? Next Friday. We're counting on you to come. The lead singer winked at her and made her blush badly. I will. Thanks a lot. If you have any more questions, we have an email account. He grabbed a pen from the small coffee table and a business card from his pocket and wrote it down. Bobby took it with a bashful smile and thanked them once again. Wow. So, what you're saying is, you want to start a band? Anne asked, while walking to the canteen next to Bobby. It was burger day today. Best day of the whole week. You're looking at me as if that was a stupid idea. Anna shrugged. Well, maybe because it is. What? Come on. Why would you say that? Maybe because you have to focus on getting a degree and a life first. Bobby moaned in annoyance. Are you serious? Come on, we both know that this is not my world. What? Bobby pointed at all the tables with the students sitting on them, laughing, gossiping, eating. All of this. I I don't belong here, Annie. Then where do you belong? This is school. You have to do it. There's no way around it. I belong on stage with my guitar and my songs. And a band. Right. Anna rolled her eyes, not taking her words quite seriously. Probably because the two of them had been talking about this for years and nothing had changed. This time was different. She had a plan. She was older. She knew the time was right. She just knew it. So, who do you want in your band? I don't know. Sounds like you have a plan, Anna said ironically and laughed. Oh, shut up. Bobby grabbed a tray and walked towards the line in front of the buffet. She grabbed a burger bun and put a generous amount of mayonnaise all over it. She absolutely detested ketchup. When she was just about to grab another one, she got pushed by someone so forcefully she knew it was on purpose, and by the disgusting smell that followed, she knew who it was. Oops, sorry love, Hunter said and grinned. His idiots of friends laughed at that and waved at Bobby with smug looks on their faces. How she would just love to take that burger bonnet and please don't do anything stupid, Anna interrupted her thoughts, but as usual she didn't listen. She grabbed the bun and threw it directly at his leather jacket. Oh God, she heard Anna whisper. Hunter stopped dead in his tracks and turned around with an angry look on his face while his friends seemed to enjoy the whole scene. Did you just throw your food at me? He stepped closer and pointed at the giant stain of mayonnaise on the expensive leather. No, Anna said quickly, trying to prevent anything bad from happening. Yes, Bobby replied confidently and grabbed a new burger bun. If you can shove me, I can throw food at you. We're even. He laughed at that. Oh, and you think you can decide that, huh? Bobby just rolled her eyes, unimpressed by his stupid act of dominance. Stop annoying other people with your insecurity, she said as she walked past him. Hunter grabbed her arm and stopped her. If your dad wouldn't rip our motorcycles, you would be so dead, he whispered furiously. If I would be so dead, my dad wouldn't repair your motorcycles, asshole. She shoved him away lightly and took Anna's arm to drag her to the nearest table. I hate this guy. I hate him. Bobby angrily declared as she let herself plump down onto the bench. Why did you do that? He could have freaked out, like really, really freaked out, and you both would be in detention. I don't care, and besides, he wouldn't. It's like you said, my dad repairs their motorcycles. Bobby took a huge bite of the burger. Why does your dad do it anyway? He's not exactly nice to you, is he? He doesn't know. What? Why do you not tell him? Bobby rolled her eyes and wiped her hands on the napkin next to the plate. Because A, then he would really have a reason to make my life a living hell, and B, they pay a lot, and my dad needs the money.
Man, that sucks, Anna said and stole one of Bobby's fries. I know, Bobby shrugged. She looked at Hunter, who was sitting across the room with his gang. If he wouldn't be such an ass, she thought, he might actually be good-looking. He had nice eyes and a cute smile when he laughed, which didn't happen too often. For a minute, Bobby asked herself if she should ask Hunter to be a member of the band she wanted to form. He played the drums, and hell, he was good. Bobby knew that because she had heard him rehearse in music rooms a few times. But no, she can never do that, ever. Got to stop sitting next to a central European monument. 